earlier this week, I got to revisit something that I have not dealt with to this degree in quite some time. I received a an electronic communication from someone that I work with on a particular project, and it was it felt to me, and when I say felt to me, I really what I really mean is I was thinking. And it's so interesting how even after all these years of practicing mindfulness, in the moment sometimes, I still use that word feeling instead of thinking. Not that I'm trying to overly focus on substituting one for the other, but I think it really illustrates, and that's why I'm not afraid for this to happen, that when I say feeling, what I'm really saying is thinking, because I believe that it reinforces the fact that this, this is, these perceptions are very deeply entrenched in our psyche, in our minds. And so when I say something that felt this way, what I'm basically saying is I was thinking this. And when I received this communication, I found myself unbelievably triggered, unbelievably angry, irritated beyond belief. And I, I mean, when I tell you, when I say angry, and I'm not really, this is just, you know, my own take on myself or my own thoughts on myself, but I am someone who usually has a very long fuse. I don't tend to get angry very often. It's just, it's really not part of, I'm not saying I'm beyond it. I'm not saying that I have transcended it. I just have never really been prone to anger. Uh, frustration, yes. Irritation, yes. But like outright anger, not so much. But it doesn't really even matter because in this moment, suffice it to say that I was feeling unbridled anger. I was so beside myself because I received a communication that really was not direct. There was not any particular issue that was brought up. And I think in some cases that may have been, and I don't want to get lost in speculating about this, but it left it open. And I think because of the fact that there wasn't more directness about what was being conveyed, but I could feel, or in this case, I said it again, I was thinking that there was some underlying message. I've since had the opportunity to speak to this person and have a conversation, but it literally took me almost three days before I was ready to address this with them because I did not want to have this conversation until I had worked through completely the feelings of anger and irritation that I was having with this person. And I felt like somehow they were trying to teach me a lesson or, or try to point something out about me. But I, you know, there again, that was just thought. I could not prove that. There was no way that I could substantiate that, but that's what I was thinking. That's what I was reacting to. This is the way that my mind perceived the communication that I received. And it was to the point where I was immediately aware of the fact that I was angry. And this is one of the things that I love to speak about that I can't stop myself. I mean, even after practicing mindfulness for 30 years and other, other healing modalities and other, and other, other meditative practices, I still, there's no magic button. There's nothing that I can do to suddenly, if I find myself angry or bent out of shape, so to speak, there's nothing that I can do to immediately interrupt that. Certainly there are calming uh, types of meditation, meditational practices, and those are things that I can avail myself of, but that emotional energy is still moving. I can't, there's no magic bullet or no, there's no miracle cure to make that energy go away. You know, that anger, whatever these emotions are, this is, bot, um, this is energy 
that's moving in our bodies, so to speak, and it's going to run its course. And depending on our physiology, it's going to, you know, it's going to, uh, basically it's going to take however long it takes and it's however, however it's being processed, those particular emotions have a lot to do with that. And this is way beyond the scope of what I'm talking about. But in this case, I knew immediately that it became, I was aware of the fact that I was angry. There was no deluding myself about that. And I was having all kinds of thoughts, all kinds of internal reactions, and the sort of things that sound like the following, like, how dare they say this to me? Who do they think they are? Are they, telling, are they honestly telling me that they think that I don't know this? Do they think that I really don't know what it is they're trying to convey to me? And why? And if they really want to convey this to me, why can't they just say it? Why can't they pick up the phone? Why can't they have a direct conversation with me about it? And it made it almost impossible for me to be present. That I will admit. And I was literally, I mean, when I say I was consumed with anger and irritation, and, you know, feeling some hurt feelings. I, there was a part of this, it's the only phrase I can really use, that do they really think that I don't know this? Do they really, is, is this really what they think of me? And so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how the lines get really blurred between hurt and anger. Somehow, I feel like for me, those things are very closely intertwined. And it took some time. I literally felt the need to be present with it because I knew that if I wasn't, I wasn't going to be able to move on with my day. I mean, it had become such a part of me and the energy of it made it very, very difficult for me to feel at peace at all. And I knew that the only thing that I could do, I couldn't make it go away. I couldn't minimize it. And I did not want to try to delude myself about what was happening. So what I chose to do was to simply sit with it. And I will admit, it did not feel good at all. But I really, I guess, left with the choice of how I wanted to cope with this or not cope. And I realized that not coping certainly was an option for me. I've had those times where someone has either hurt me with something that they've said or something that I think that they're saying to me. It's not always explicit. A lot of, in a lot of cases, it's open to interpretation. And I can say even with this communication, I did not know until I sat down and had a conversation with this person that I found out what was really, what the intention was, what it is they were really trying to say. And it was some constructive criticism, but it felt much more valid to me when I could have that conversation with this person face to face. And as someone who has been the purveyor of unsolicited advice and someone with a with a grown child I know all too well how easy it is to fall into the trap of offering people unsolicited advice that I really as, as, as much as I can't make myself do anything or not do anything I really want to be open to the fact that this is not who I want to be I don't want to be sending messages to people not being completely upfront about what it is, what if, if I have an issue, letting someone else speak about the issue and then just sending it to them without any context. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person that is responsible for someone having an incredibly powerful outburst of anger and frustration and hurt feelings. And I'm not judging anyone that has done this before because I know in some ways 
I've been this person and I have, I've, I've meant well, my heart was in the right place, but somehow I thought that them hearing it from someone else that's being quoted as saying something about something that I think this person needs to know and just kind of serving it up to them without any explanation. And I, I have offended people before this way. And, and the last time that I did it, and it's been quite a few years ago, I learned my lesson because I ended up really hearing about it from someone. And I'm, and when I say hearing about it, I mean, I really, really heard about it. I really upset somebody. I really offended someone. And that's the word that I wanted to use that I had forgotten about. This particular communication offended me to my core. And I realized that being offended Again, as much as I, and this is going to be painful for me to say it because I was so attached to that feeling. No, that thinkings. I don't know why I'm doing this so much today, but I'm just going to keep going. Uh, you know, substituting one or confusing one for the other, thinking, feeling instead of thinking. That being offended, if I say that I'm offended, I'm not, there's no way for me to be offended. I'm thinking thoughts of being offended. That if, if I'm feeling this particular emotion in any given way, if it's perpetuated in any given way and I can put words to it, at least for me, what I find is that I'm thinking thoughts about it. And it really does help me. I'm not saying that that's true for anyone else other than myself. And this, all I can really do is share my own experiences and my own journey. But in this case, I was busy being the person that was offended and it became an identity. I literally was living my life as someone who was incredibly angry, incredibly deeply offended. And it became, I I developed this persona of this person walking around and it wasn't even intentional. It wasn't even uh, planned. It just happened. And I realized that I found myself as being the angry, offended guy. And I know now that when I do that, the only way for me to stop doing it is to be aware that I'm, my thinking is fueling that identity. The thoughts that I'm having, the internal reactions that are going on, any resistance that I'm feeling to what has been communicated to me and how it has been communicated to me and the actual words that were, that were said, in this case, using someone else's words, to me, actually, I think was more frustrating because of the fact that it's kind of it's one of those situations where I felt myself thinking very strongly if they have an issue with me and they think that there's something that I need to change why can't they just say it to me and I realize if they would have said it to me I I, I admit there would have been I would have still probably been offended I probably still would have been angry I probably still would have been hurt but at least it would have come directly from them so I learned this one the hard way and I, that's why I don't want to, I don't want to be responsible for causing this for anybody else. So when it, before I ever think about offering anyone any particular advice at all, even if it's not unsolicited, even if they've asked for my advice, for my advice, I want to take a moment and realize that this advice that I'm giving, whether it's, you know, whether it's asked for or not, has the power to be perceived by the person I'm giving it to in a way that can cause them a lot of emotional turmoil. And I also don't want to be a people pleaser either. There's another side to this. I feel like I definitely don't want to get caught up in being afraid to tell someone what I think. 
I know that I don't want to do that if it's not been asked for. I certainly don't want to be going around offering unsolicited advice. And I'm mindful of that. But in this case, I realized that it happened. There's nothing that I could do about it. And the only thing that I could really do in order to cope for myself and for those that I'm of service to and those that are in my life is for me to be able to cope mindfully. The only way for me to do that is for me to be present and to be here and to not run away from the thoughts that I'm having and not uh, try to divert myself from whatever internal reactions are going on within me. And I just really want to be here, but I also at the same time want to give myself enough time and space to be able to process those things. I know lashing out it is tempting as it was, and believe me, when I say it was tempting, I cannot, I cannot overstate that enough that I wanted to lash out. I really, really did. I could feel it. The thoughts, you know, it's almost as if there's this sensation of I'm having a conversation. I don't know if this resonates with anyone. I'm having a conversation with someone in my head. I'm having both sides of the conversation. Although when I think about it now, there's a lot more focus. I can hear quote unquote, a lot more of my side of the conversation because that's all I really hear. That's all I really am concerned about when I'm doing that in my head. All I'm really doing is blowing off steam. All I'm really doing is reacting. And here's the one that's the toughest for me to, to own up to that conversation in my head with other people. It's just another way of processing my thoughts. It's reinforcing me continuing to believe what I think about what I'm feeling in that moment by having that one-sided conversation with someone else in my head. And I found that in most cases, and I'm not judging, I found that it does not really help me much. It really, if it, the only thing that it does help is it helps me continue to be attached to the thoughts themselves and the whatever emotional reactions have taken place. It just perpetuates it. And it really allowed me to be able to take a closer look at this is something that I clearly still struggle with. It just hasn't happened a lot. And that, what I find is so amazing about this is that sometimes there are things that are deeply lurking, you know, within. There are things that are that are a struggle for me, but they just don't come up often. And I'm not saying that I want to go around looking for opportunities to be triggered so that I can continue to work with these things. But I feel like having a different perspective when these kinds of things happen, and I don't want to get overly idealistic and say that I suddenly, when this happens, before I have any sort of emotional reaction, I get down on my hands and knees and I'm very grateful for this opportunity to be triggered. I don't want to do that either. But I do at least want to be open to the possibility that there is some benefit in me dealing with these things and working through some of these things that I don't necessarily have to deal with on a frequent or on a regular basis. And for this one, it really was so incredibly beneficial to be aware that I had angry thoughts, to be aware that I was thinking thoughts of someone who was offended. And it was impossible for me to be objective and really ask myself, you know, they sent this to me. They're clearly trying to tell me something. Is what they're saying actually true? There's no way for me to do that. I know that if I am locked in a loop of endless thinking and reacting emotionally to something, I'm resisting. There's, a re there's an edge. There's a resistance there. There's something that I'm not liking. 
about the feedback that I'm getting. And I know for sure, and this is after years of experiencing this, there's no way for me to be objective. I really do want to know if this is something that someone is giving, you know, offering me an observation of my behavior or how I present myself. And if it's something that is truly valid and is something that I want to be aware of, uh, I don't want to use it as a tool to beat myself up, you know, or make myself feel bad about who I am or how I present myself. But I know that mindfulness practice has allowed me to be able to process these things in a way that allows me to be more objective. (coughs) There's no way for me to be objective unless I can really be here and have an open mind unless I can really be open to feedback that's given in a respectful and loving way. I know that being out in the world and being a human being, it's not the, the feedback that we get is not always going to feel good. It's not always going to be delivered in the kindest, most loving way that there is. And I used to feel like that's really the way it needed to be, but it, that's just thoughts about how I thought it needed to be. And because of that, it used to cause me to want to not be out in the world and not be around people because I knew that I would get angry. I knew that I was easily offended and my skin was very thin, as they say. And I realized one day if I'm really going to be out and be in the world with people, if I'm really going to be in life where it's all happening and really open myself up to people and really be who I am, I'm going to need some way to be able to cope with whatever happens as a result of that. And thankfully, mindfulness practice has been one of those very key foundational practices for me to be able to do that. I could have spent this entire week completely consumed with this to the point that I wasn't productive, that I wasn't able to really be present or be kind to anyone because I would have been too busy being the person that was offended and upset. And I've spent days and weeks and even probably months this way in the past. And I can't ever get that time back. But the only thing that I can do going forward right now and going forward is to engage in a practice that allows me to be able to realize that that it's the thoughts about what happens. It's the thoughts about what people say to me. It's the thoughts about the feedback that I receive from other people, whether I've asked for it or not. It's the thoughts that actually cause the suffering. And mindfulness practice allows me to be able to work with those things and find some headspace and some distance to be able to witness my reactions and the thoughts that I'm having and to be able to internalize that they aren't real. And the sooner that I'm able to get some perspective and some headspace on what's happened is the sooner that I can get beyond these things and be able to actually treat people with love and respect when I feel offended by what they've said hurt or angry by what they've said. And I really can hopefully, you know, continue to have meaningful relationships with people and keep my heart open to them and not carry grudges and, and and not close my heart to them. This is ultimately the way that I want to try to live my life. And thankfully, mindfulness practice has really helped in this regard.